So, once we kidnap Super Cop, then what? Tiny surgery. I'd like to take his his face off. Take his face. Yes. His face. Oh. The eyes. Nose. Skin. It's coming off. The face. Oh. No more drugs for that man. Hello looters, welcome to the Movie Loot. This is special episode number 17 of the Movie Loot, the special episodes that come out every other month, where the loot is a specific scene I love from a film I love. I take that scene, break it apart, analyze it, see why it works. If this is the first of these special episodes that you listen to and you like this idea, make sure you dive into our catalog so you can check out similar episodes we've done in everything from Alien or Pulp Fiction to Transformers the Movie or Good Will Hunting. Latest one of these was on The Godfather, where I covered the hospital scene when Michael visits his father just as there is about to be an attempt on his life. So check any of those out. This time I'm tackling a scene from one of my favorite action films. I had a very interesting month of April as I dive into John Woo's filmography to prepare for a guest episode on another podcast, Binge Movies, so stay tuned for that. But anyway, as I explored Woo's late 80s and early 90s Hong Kong filmography for the first time, I thought it would be fun to go back to one of the first films of him that I saw, Face Off, so I could talk about one scene from that film, but also a bit about Woo in general. I'm pretty sure I saw Face Off in theaters back in the day when I didn't even know who John Woo was and I had a blast with it, but one scene always stuck with me and that's the scene where Castor Troy, as Sean Archer, goes to visit Sean Archer as Castor Troy in prison. Now be warned, like all my special episodes, this will be an in-depth discussion, so the film will be spoiled. If you still haven't seen Face Off, you're missing one of the craziest premises of an action film ever, so check it out. As of now, Face Off is streaming free on Prime Video, Peacock Premium, and Paramount Plus. So let's begin. I've been uh, chasing this guy ever since I joined the force. He he has no conscience and he uh, he shows no no remorse. He's the mastermind behind numerous bombings and political assassinations. He. Uh, it's a felony list a mile long, murder, arson, kidnapping, terrorism, you name it. He's the most dangerous and brilliant criminal mind I've ever known. I, for years, I've, I've been watching him, tracking him, studying his every every move. I know his every, every mannerism, facial tick gesture. I know him better than he knows himself. And now, after all this time, I finally figured out a way to trap him. I will become him. Hey, 
care if I live. You're not having any fun, are you, Sean? Try terrorism for hire. We'll blow some stuff up. It's more fun. Plan B. Let's just kill each other. So, to set things up, Face Off is an American sci-fi action thriller film released in 1997. It was John Woo's third American film after Hard Target and Broken Arrow, and it was written by Mike Werb and Michael Colliari. The film was a huge hit for everyone involved, it opened at number one in the box office and almost made it into the top 10 highest grossing films of the year, and cemented Travolta and Cage's career for the next couple of years as action superstars. The film follows FBI special agent Sean Archer, played by Travolta, who is obsessed with capturing assassin and terrorist Castor Troy, played by Cage, after Troy inadvertently killed Archer's young son while trying to kill him. After finally capturing Troy and putting him in a coma, Archer undergoes an experimental and advanced medical procedure where he dons Castor's face in order to pose as him in prison so he can get information on the location of a bomb from Castor's brother. However, things go awry when Troy wakes up from his coma and forces the doctors to perform the same procedure on him so he can pose as Archer and take over his job, family and life. It really is one of the most absurd plots ever, but it is certainly original and it makes for a great action film. The scene I want to talk about is the scene when Troy, as Archer, visits Archer, as Troy, in prison, revealing what he had done, how he had murdered everyone that knew about the mission, and essentially dooming Archer to this maximum security prison. So to analyze that scene, I'm going to talk about three things. Number one, the setup. First of all, this scene more or less occurs at the end of the first act, after Sean Archer successfully captures Castor Troy. He puts him in a coma during a fight while Castor's brother, Pollux, is sent to maximum security prison. The thing is that, before being captured, Castor had taunted that he had a bomb planted somewhere in LA, but now that he's in a coma, there's no way to find out where it is. Pollux knows where it is, but he surely wouldn't talk to anyone but his brother. So of course, they come to the only logical solution. One of Sean's superiors suggests an advanced but experimental procedure where he would receive a face transplant from Troy so he can be put in the same prison as Pollux and extract the information from him, which is a highly convoluted and absurd means to an end with a dozen variables that could go wrong, but again, it is a fun premise for an action film. The catch is that other than Archer, only three people know about it. So Sean gets a procedure, gets Castor's face, and is put in this ruthless maximum security prison that seems taken from 1984 or THX 1138. There's a nice homage to 1960s Eyes Without a Face in the way the surgery is shot. In the meantime, we see Castor Troy waking up from his coma and forcing the doctors to perform the same procedure on him so he can become Archer. We actually don't see this, but when the doctor asks him what does he want, he replies, Take one goddamn guess. So we know what's gonna happen. And I mean, anybody that walks into the film knows the premise, but we don't see it happen. So anyway, after Sean slash Castor successfully gets the information he needs from Pollux, he thinks he's going out when they tell him he has a visitor. But it turns out it's Castor Troy, but wearing Archer's face. The second thing I want to talk about is really the most important thing we can bring up here, and it's the performances from both Nicolas Cage and John Travolta as they play the other person through the film. But this specific scene, it's all Travolta, and he clearly has a lot of fun with it. When this scene kicks in and Sean slash Castor is called up to meet his visitor, the door opens in slow motion, remember it's a John Woo movie, and we, along with Sean, see the reveal of Castor slash Sean looking at him at the other side of the door. 
as Sean slash Castor looks surprised, Castor slash Sean does this head tilt and little smile, and it's so good. And you see the face of Sean slash Castor slowly realizing, oh shit, I'm fucked. Something has gone wrong because that is not me. You got a visitor. And the way the script and Wu reveal what has actually happened is pretty good. As Castor slash Sean keeps on taunting Sean slash Castor, we see quick flashbacks to what he did with the people that knew about the procedure. We see them being killed, including Sean's best friend, Tito. Four. Now that is between us, okay? But you were... In a coma? Nothing like having your face cut off to disturb your sleep. Read the newspaper lately? You killed them? Well, look, beats paying the bill, huh? Come on, I mean, uh, if a facelift costs five grand. See anything you like? all the evidence that proves you're you okay so wow looks like you're gonna be in here for the next hundred years <laughs> here is the other reveal because when you see castor slash sean showing the wedding ring you realize two things first Tito is dead. Second, Castor can now have access to Sean's family. And since everybody that knew about the procedure is dead, Sean slash Castor is essentially fucked. He can't do anything to protect his family now. I torched all the evidence that proves you're you. Okay, so wow, looks like you're gonna be in here for the next hundred years. <laughs> now, I have got to go. I've got a government job to abuse and Lonely wife to fuck. <laughs> Did I say that? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say that. I didn't make love to. God, I missed that face. Sorry, Agent Archer. No, uh, don't you worry about it, Mr. Walton. Clearly, he's. Uh, had a traumatic childhood, and uh, thank you. 
So there's a lot of skill here in how Wu unfolds everything, but the real genius is again in the performances, especially Travolta. It's really fun to see Travolta trying to assume Cage's mannerisms and way of talking, and that's one of the genius of the film and of Travolta's performance. As he keeps on taunting Sean slash Castor, he attacks him and has to be subdued and taken away. He later sees Pollux has been released, obviously as Castor slash Sean starts moving his pieces. Now, going beyond this scene, what exactly is Castor's plan by assuming Sean's persona? I don't know, because it really doesn't seem like anything concrete, but more of a sadistic vendetta or rather a way to tease Sean that he can be a better FBI agent, a better husband, a better father, etc. Is it nonsensical? Yeah, but it makes up for a fun film. Anyway, the third thing I want to talk briefly about is how this film is connected to Wu's filmography up to this point. And having seen six Wu films in a month, it's so interesting to see how often he goes to the same themes of duality, moral conflicts within a person, loyalty, etc. In most of his Hong Kong films, it's something more metaphorical, as we are presented with literal or figurative brothers at odds with each other, or cops versus criminals where lines are blurred. In face of though, he takes it to the extreme and to the point of of absurdism with the two main characters actually becoming the other, driving home that theme of duality. It's not more a metaphorical I am becoming you, it is a literal I am becoming you. But as absurd and silly as the premise might be, the execution from Wu and the main cast is great, so for the most part, the film works. So we get chances to see Sean pushed to the edge as he has to embrace the caster persona in the riot at the prison or when he meets his gang. But we also get a chance to see Castor being morally conflicted about his actions, especially that scene at the cemetery where Sean's wife is grieving their son. I don't think the film pushes these moral dilemmas as far as it could have to make it more interesting, but I'm glad glad it is still pushing it forward anyway. In other more simple parallelisms, it's nice to see Wu basically duplicate some of his own trademarks, for example, duplicate a scene from Hard Target, which I just saw for the first time last month, where on that film you get good guy Jean-Claude Van Damme and bad guy Arnold Boslu with their backs against the same wall as they reload their guns and taunt each other, only to turn around to shoot the other. Here, Wu adds a twist at the moment that Sean and Castor turn to shoot each other through the wall by putting a mirror, which is a nice touch, heavy-handed, but nice anyway. Of course, there's also the Mexican standoff at a church, just like the killer, with the doves and the Christ imagery, and then the unnecessary chase with the motorboats, which is also taken from the killer. That boat scene, to me, was not necessary. I think it was a bit too much. I think the film should have ended at the church, but, well, no film can be perfect. So those are my thoughts on that great scene from Face Off. Not so much a showcase of Wu's direction, but more of a showcase of Travolta and Cage's performance, especially Travolta, and one scene that has always stuck in my mind from this film. But anyway, as usual, I asked my friends on Twitter to share their thoughts on Face Off, favorite scenes, anything, and this is what I got. My friend Kevin from the podcast that wouldn't die said, for some reason, I don't enjoy this movie as much as The Rock or Conair. Part of the problem is John Travolta is amazing as Nick Cage, while Nick Cage as John Travolta is simply a low-energy Nick Cage. It becomes bizarre and confusing. That being said, it's still a lot of fun. While Ian from Best Film Ever said, favorite scene is when Travolta, as Cage, has to get in the prison fight, and after he wins, there's this lingering laugh, if I recall correctly, where you can see the fear and power in his eyes. And I'm reading these two comments back to back because I think that Ian's example is a great counter-argument to what Kevin has said. I kinda agree. 
But the thing is that Travolta's character is supposed to be a good guy. So Nicolas Cage's job imitating John Travolta is bound to be a bit more on the bland side than John Travolta imitating Nicolas Cage. But I still think both actors do a great job. Also, my friend Tim Dougherty said, perhaps the most absurd high-concept idea for a movie in the history of film. The whole thing revolves around a spectacularly stupid premise, but Cage and Travolta are exactly the kind of actors who pull this off. Paulette Erato said, my favorite scene is when Cage gets out of the car on the tarmac and his coat swirls around him. So evil yet so good. And that moment is a great showcase of Wu's direction with his traditional slow motion. You can see the two golden guns and everything is so stylized. It looks great. My friend Todd at Loser said it's one of those movies that should be terrible yet somehow is gloriously brilliant. Dari Lumber from Nostalgia Cast said, I've got an awesome conversation about Face Off with Sarah Fetters at Movie Freak Sarah coming up for the podcast. But ooh-wee do I love this thing. Without a doubt, the most exciting, heartbreaking, and inventive film of Wu's American output. And I agree with Darren because before this Wu binge I had this month, my experience with Wu was limited only to Broken Arrow, Face Off, and Mission Impossible 2. And out of those, Face Off is easily the best one. I barely remember Broken Arrow, which I saw in theaters, and I think Mission Impossible 2 is pretty bad. So I think this is obviously Wu's crown jewel as far as Hollywood films go, which is weird because he had made such a great name for himself with his Hong Kong crime films. It's so strange that he wasn't able to replicate that in Hollywood. But anyway, thanks to everybody for sharing their thoughts. If you want to listen to more thoughts on John Woo, stay tuned to Binge Movies, because like I said, I was a guest on the show where we talk about five John Woo films. It was a lot of fun to record that with Jason, and that should be coming out in the next few months. Other than that, stay tuned for our next episodes on The Movie Loot. We took a bit of an unexpected hiatus for different reasons, personal and logistic reasons, but we already have a couple of episodes scheduled to come out in May. Finally, if you like this breakdown and have any thoughts to share, look me up on Twitter at my personal account at TFCGT or the podcast account at TMML2021. We always love getting feedback from people. Let us know what you thought of the episode, but also share it with others so more people can join us in the loot. So that would be all for this episode. Let's hope that our next episode doesn't come out in the next hundred years. Now, I have got to go. I've got a podcast to edit and a lonely wife to f***. Whoops, did I just say that? I'm sorry. Make love to, make love to. Don't be scared, all right?